You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. If you'll recall, the title and the theme of this series has been, Now is the Time. And so today, with that in mind, uh, we're going to focus on Now is the Time to Worship. And with that in mind, we're going to actually do that. We're going to put to practice. We're going to spend a little extended time after the message. So famous last words, I'm going to do an abbreviated message. You're going like, yeah, right. (laughs) I did it in first service, uh, but my message is going to be a bit shorter. And then we're just going to spend some time worshiping. Uh, as, as we uh, just put the message to, to, to practice. So what I want to do is I want to uh, rewind the clock if I can, and I want to go back to uh, sometime last week of December. And um, hopefully in that last week of December, you spent some time, um, uh, maybe prior to this, but in that last week at least, that you spent some time thinking about the year that was to come. And some of you were thinking, please come quickly. Um, and so you were thinking about the year to come, and as you thought about 2021, you, um, you began to, to pray, uh, you began to look inwardly, you began to look back on your life this past year, and, uh, or last year, and you began to formulate some, um, some goals, some intentions, uh, some directives for your life in 2021. And I'm not talking about uh, resolutions. I'm talking about things that are um, pertaining to your spiritual growth. Uh, as you began to think about it, you began to think about... So maybe maybe you joined in and you created a spiritual growth plan for the year. Um, uh, but whatever you began to, to, to formulate, it, it was about how are you going to grow in this coming year. And, and it would relate spiritually to your personal life, to your uh, marriage, home, and family life, your work life, um, and uh, your, your physical well, well-being. Uh, okay, so you just spent some time. I'm believing that you did that. And uh, now I want to bring us back. I want to bring us back to the present. Think about it. Today is January 31st. The first month of 2021 has already passed. I mean, I mean, it's done. So my question to you, and I do want some feedback on this, is as you've uh, experienced the first month of 2021, and you think about, think back to those goals, those intentions, those spiritual growth plans that you put in place, what distractions have you already faced that have challenged your forward movement? What have you encountered that uh, some kind of distraction, a challenge that's uh, somehow tried to prevent or prevented you from moving forward in what you, you put, you, 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 dis- you determine? So talk to me. What are some tra- distractions that you've experienced already in January? Work? work? Yeah, works. Yeah. What else? Lack of work. Lack of work. <laughs> okay. School, social media. social media, yeah. What else? Health issues. Health issues. Politics. What? Politics. Yeah, I mean the same thing came up in 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 last service. Uh, what what's going on in the culture around us? Someone said masks. Hey, you know what? It's the truth. I I, I just want us to be honest. What are the things that get in the way? What are the things that distract us and detour us from making growth, spiritual progress in our lives? And too too much time. Okay, yeah. I I never feel like I have too much time, but I get what you... The whole, like, being isolated. Yeah. Like, too much time alone. 
Yeah. The, not being able to engage with other people, being kind of disconnected, feeling, feeling alone, uh, discouragement, uh, all of these things. Th- th- these are things that are distractions. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this out is um, when we think back to uh, all that we've looked at in Haggai, when we think back uh, to uh, just their story as we saw played out, um, I believe that distractions plagued the Jewish people who had come back from Babylon, who had been in, ex- in exile, I believe that they were, they were plagued with distractions. In fact, I believe that at the root, at the root of all their problems, distraction was the root. I mean, if you had to trace it they were in the roots of the problem, it's because they were a distracted people. Let's think about it. Um, uh, let's go all the way back to their story in Ezra because we said Ezra, Nehemiah, and Haggai are so closely intertwined. So if we go all the way back, what we recognize is King Cyrus of Persia. He's the new king. And after 70 years of captivity, he says, hey, guess what? To all the Jewish people, you're no longer in captivity. You're released. You can go back to Jerusalem. You're free. Go back. Rebuild the city. Go back. Rebuild the temple. And so they left and they were excited. And then they get to the city and and what's the first thing they see? This beautiful city that they love, that they were so anxious to come back to. It's lying in ruins. It has been completely destroyed by the Babylonian armies. And so they look and what they see is piles of rubble everywhere. The city has been demolished. There's piles of rubble. There's piles of rubble. There's piles of rubble. There's piles of rubble. The city is in ruins. And I think that more than likely, as they came back to the city, even though they had heard it had been destroyed, when they actually saw it from them, for themselves, I believe that they were overwhelmed by what they saw. And they were distracted in being overwhelmed because as they looked and they knew they were going to rebuild, as they looked out over the city, they saw all of these piles of rubble and they thought, where do we even begin? Where? They look at this pile. They look at this pile. They look at this pile. They look at the rubble. They look at the rubble. And they're distracted by what? They're distracted by the rubble. And then um, they sort through the rubble. And they begin to lay the foundation for the temple. The, the, The foundation is finished. But once again, they're distracted after it was completed. And now they're distracted because uh, what they see in the past. They're distracted by what used to be. Remember, there were some there who had seen Solomon's temple. They knew the glory. They knew the grandeur. They knew the beauty. They knew the vastness of Solomon's temple, the place where the presence of God would dwell. And now, in comparison, they look at the foundation that has been laid And as they look, and we talked about last week, looking back in their rearview mirror to the past, to the good old days of Solomon's temple, as they look in the past, all they can see is the grandeur and the beauty. And so when they look here, they're distracted and they say, there's no way, there's no way that this will ever compare. Why can't it be like it used to be? Why do we have to build such a meager temple And so they were distracted. They were distracted by what they saw. But they continue to build. They continue on. But they're distracted again because now there's opposition. There's opposition from the people around them. 
People are pushing in. They don't like what they're doing. And because of the opposition, they became distracted by the opposition. And the opposition caused them to stop building the temple. Their distraction stopped them from building the place where the presence of God would dwell. And not only did they stop for a day, not only a week, not a month, not a year, but they stopped for 16 years. They were so distracted that the work on the temple, the place where God's presence would dwell, stopped for 16 years. 16 years passed, and guess what? They're still distracted, but this time they're distracted with their own personal projects. Remember, their priority was is that they would build their own nice house. And they were taking the panels that should be used in the temple and they were uh, installing them in their own homes. It's not bad to have a nice house, but their priorities were out of order. They were being disobedient. And so they became distracted by their own personal project. And so while the temple lie in ruins and there's still piles of rubble around, they're busy in their own personal project of building their own house. They lost their passion for God. They lost their burning desire to pursue God. And it was all because they were distracted. And it was all because they allowed through the distractions for their priorities to begin become out of order and they placed their, their priorities above God's priorities. And so, with that, I want to ask the question then, how do we take this and how do we translate this into our lives? Remember when we started this, we said sometimes you can read in the Old Testament. You think, what in the world is it saying? But we looked at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for um, teaching, correcting, rebuking, and instruction in righteousness so that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so with that, we said, even though we don't understand sometimes what we read, we have to dig in because there is application. All scripture has application for us today. So I want to just take a few minutes and say, how do we translate this into our lives? How does this personally affect us? Well, the Jews who had come back from uh, captivity in Babylon, as I said, they were overwhelmed. They were overwhelmed by all they saw. They were overwhelmed by the, the mess, the piles of rubble. Um, let me ask you, do you ever find yourself distracted because you're overwhelmed? Yeah. Distracted. Do you ever look at life, all of life or parts of life, and when you look at that given time, all you see are piles of mess and rubble? And maybe if it's not in every area of life, it's in some area of life. But you see, you see a mess, you see a pile, you see rubble. And when you look at it, you become overwhelmed. And then in your overwhelmness, you become distracted because you're thinking, I don't even know where to begin. Where would I begin to even clear this up? Where would I begin to make this right? And so even in our own personal lives, we become distracted by being overwhelmed. Um, as I said, the Jews who returned from Babylon captivity, uh, they were distracted by the past. Let me ask you, do you ever find yourself distracted by what used to be? 
Do you ever find yourself distracted by what used to be? You look back, ah, oh, life used to be so good. Those were the good old days. If only we could go back to that. Ah, oh, life just doesn't compare now. I think we've all done that. You know, I thought about this a lot this week. And I began to think about church. Um, you know, in our current situation, it would be very easy for us to be distracted by what we see if we compare it to the past, even just what we saw a year ago. I mean, it, it, discouraged, distracted, think, let me just say, as your pastor, throughout this pandemic months, it's been very easy for me to sometimes become distracted because I could think about a year ago this time. It was completely different. Let's, let's think about a year ago this time. Uh, a year ago, last January, church was completely different. A year ago, last January, we had 150 chairs in here instead of 65 chairs spaced out. A year ago, we packed this place out and we were so excited that we did and we hoped that we would pack it out even more the next week. And now we have to limit. Only 65 people can come to a service and sit in this room. And we get concerned if more than that will come because what will we do? I'm just being honest with you. I mean, this is, how, this is what church life is like right now. A year ago, we didn't have to wear a mask. But now we wear masks to church. A year ago... We could actually all hang out in the lobby with cups of coffee in our hands. Think about it. We could use our lobby instead of having to be sent to tents outside in the cold and in the rain. Where you could pick up a bottle of water. Water just doesn't taste like coffee, does it? But that's how we used to do church. That's what we remember church for. That's where we made our connections. You get where I'm going with this? It would be so easy to look back at just a year ago and compare today and say, it's just not like it used to be. Guess what? It is not like it used to be. I want to tell you something. I don't think church will actually ever be like it used to be. But I don't think that that's bad. I think that we've learned some... Listen, the time will come when we can use our lobby again and... Uh, we don't have to figure out how to peel the plastic layer off the communion cup because we can pass the plates. And, you know, uh, we'll, ha we'll bring back to capacity in here. I'm not saying that's good, but, but there's some things that we've learned in this past year. In other words, there were things that we were doing as a church that made no sense and we just didn't even need to be wasting our time doing. And we've also realized that there's things that we weren't doing that we need to be doing. And we've learned the importance of connecting with people. We don't take it for granted. But let me say, it would be easy to look back and compare and become discouraged. But I tell you what happens if we choose to do that. We're hamstringing ourselves and experiencing all that God has for us right now. God was at work prior to the pandemic. 
God is at work during the pandemic in the life of the church, and God will continue to be in, to work afterwards. I love what we read last week in Haggai chapter 2, the latter portion. They had looked at the temple, uh, the foundation. They, were, they weren't satisfied with what they saw. Haggai presents them with three questions uh, about what they're seeing. But the word that the Lord gave at the end of that chapter is, let me tell you something. You might look on this with disdain, but your latter days are going to be greater than your former days. What's going to happen in the future, because I am with you and I will continue to be with you, it will be greater than anything that you've ever known before. Let me tell you this for us as a church. It might seem meager right now. We may be limited, but our latter days as a church are greater than anything that we've ever experienced before. We should anticipate it. We should believe it. We should pray for it. God is present. God is at work. And he's doing something in us. We're learning lessons right now. We don't know what they all are, but we will. And it's causing us to grow. But we can't be distracted by the past. They were, the Jews were distracted by the opposition from other people. Have you ever been distracted by opposition? Uh, have you ever decided uh, intentionally that you were, you were going to um, you were going to serve God in a way like you never had before and you were going to grow? You, you were committed to spiritual growth like never before. So you take some steps. Maybe it's you join a Bible study. Maybe it's you start to serve at church, whatever it might be. But in your, in your uh, heartfelt intention to draw closer to God, somebody mocks you. Somebody opposes you. Somebody really ridicules you. And what happens, what can happen is in that we can find ourselves hearing the opposition, facing the opposition, and pulling back and distancing ourselves from God. Because we don't want to look bad, right? Opposition. Opposition has a way of distracting us. And finally, they were distracted by their personal projects. For them, it was building a really nice house. Can I just say, God is not against us having really nice homes. Just don't take that away from this. Remember, it was about their priorities being out of order. And they were being disobedient. Um, but is it possible that sometimes we could become distracted by our own personal projects? So distracted that we actually find ourselves... Um, neglecting the most important aspect of our life, which is our own personal spiritual growth, the pursuit of God. And maybe that personal project is a hobby. Maybe it's building a business. Uh, maybe it's sports. Maybe, maybe the distraction, your personal project is you. It's just selfishness. But what happens is if we invest in that distraction then we find ourselves hamstringed again. We're distancing ourselves from God because everything's become out of order. This is us and this is God. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. And so we have to make a change. Listen, we can get distracted by life's demands, our own desires, life's challenges. But when we do, we lose sight of the value and the priority of worship. Um, worship is actually the very thing that God created us for. Worship is the very thing that brings the presence of God into our lives. Uh, and when we, um, 
When we allow ourselves to fall victim to these distractions, then what we find ourselves doing is closing off from God's presence. We're not making room for him. So today I would say to you, if you're distracted because you're overwhelmed by the piles of rubble in your life, you can't figure out where to start. If you're distracted because you can see the past better than you can the present. If you're distracted because of opposition, or if you're distracted because of whatever personal project that you might have poured all your time and attention into, and you're feeling distance from God, the way to counteract those distractions is through a constant, continual lifestyle of worship. And note when I say that, because we're going to spend some time worshiping. But that in itself is not the fix. It's a constant, continual lifestyle. Romans, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that we are to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. That means that we place ourselves on God's altar every single day. And our lifestyle glorifies Him and we worship Him and we exalt Him in everything we do. And I can guarantee you, when we choose to do this, our priorities come into alignment. The distractions begin to fall away because we understand what is most important. And listen, there's so much. There's so much that we can worship God for. There's so much. We can worship Him. How did you get to church today? You got here in a car that has gas in it that you were able to drive and you were able to stay dry. Where did you sleep last night? You slept in a home with a bed and the home was warm and you were protected. And you're sitting by family members right now and friends because God has placed them around you. There's so much that we forget to worship God for the small things. We're looking for the big things but we forget the small things, things that might even seem insignificant. They're all gifts from God. We can worship God. And when we worship Him, we can declare, God, I worship you because you are always with me. Your presence is always there. I worship you because you're always at work. God, um, I worship you because you love me. I, I, I worship you because I have salvation through Jesus Christ, your son, our savior. I worship you, God, because I, I have peace with you, but I also have peace from you. I worship you, God, because as I commit myself to you, I have the privilege of living in your ongoing blessing and favor every day in my life. There's so much to worship God for. And we can become so distracted that we fail to lift up to Him the so many reasons that He's blessed us and how He's loved us. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do this for the next little while. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.